0: welcome to canvas church you are listening to our weekly celebration service message thank you for tuning in well happy new year everybody man it is off to a great year already i believe that 2018 is going to be an incredible year Uh, for Canvas Church, and we're gonna jump into a new series today, Um, and I'm excited to share it with you. But right before I do, uh, I just wanna highlight a couple of things. Pastor Steve already highlighted one of them. That is small groups are launching today. Our winter session of small groups, and I want you to get plugged into one. Uh, one that I am a part of is our creatives group, and um, our creative small group is phenomenal. They are uh, directly responsible for a lot of the creative elements that happen here uh, at Canvas Church. That's the thing I love about Canvas Church is 99% of our churches ran off of volunteers. And uh, that is phenomenal, and a big uh, reason for that is because um, all the junior hires are dismissed to go to their class if they haven't done so yet. Because they're going to have their small group right now. So junior hires, go ahead. Uh, but a big reason we're able to run 99% off of uh, um, uh, uh, volunteers is because of our small groups and how involved they are. And man, the, the creative small group, if you didn't have a chance yet, on your way in, there is a bunch of pictures um, set up in the lobby. And those were all painted by people in our small groups. And by each one of them is a card. And uh, there's actually a place where you can take notes on the back of the card for all of you old school note takers. Um, but also on the front is the name of each one of those paintings, and uh, what the painting is about, and it has a verse uh, for our um, Dream Again series, and so I'd encourage you, go by, pick one of those up, and uh, whatnot, but man, all of our volunteers that are just crushing it with the creative stuff, and the video, and the media, and the sound, and come on, wasn't Worship Awesome today? uh man just so blessed by the community at canvas church but at the end of this series we're going to be auctioning off all of those paintings and so make sure you stop by and make sure you get your check ready for a million dollars to buy one come on somebody we're going to get our building this year in jesus name um but man so excited for our series today. turn your bibles with me if you would uh to an old testament book in its second kings second kings chapter four second kings chapter four gonna to go to verse eight and uh, today as we start this new series Dream Again, I really believe it's more than just a series. It's not just something we're going to go through over the ne- next 8 to 10 weeks. Uh, but I believe it's what God is speaking to you as a part of Canvas Church. I believe it's what God is speaking to this community. And, and uh, maybe you're here joining us for the very first time. Man, we're so glad you, you're here. I believe God's speaking it to you as well that uh, he wants us to begin to dream again. He wants us to begin to have some big dreams and big things uh for 2018 and here's the thing with dreams we all have them or i should say had right we've had them we had them uh growing up uh we had a million dreams a minute right how many guys remember when you were younger or maybe you are young right now come on where's all my high schoolers at think they've been one of these there was no no volume whatsoever it's just one of those right there while they were taking a selfie for instagram right anyway Dreams growing up, and we had a million of them a minute, man, just flooded with them. And uh, God wants us to dream again. Uh, we dreamed about what we'd become, what we'd do for a career, who we would marry. Come on, somebody. How many you guys sitting next to your dream right now? All the dudes said, yeah, right? Right? Uh, and then all the single people are, come on, keep dreaming. Come on, somebody. Where's all my single people? Yeah, keep dreaming, all right? Uh, we we'd dream about who we, would, who we would marry. The problem is that life is messy. Isn't it? Life is messy. Not everything works out the way we thought it was going to work out. Not everything comes together we thought it was going to come together. Life is messy and, and oftentimes painful. And here's the truth. Not all dreams come true. Not all dreams come true. And that's just the reality of life. But, but I, I, I learned a long time ago from this passage I want to share with you that there is a way we can embrace those moments when our dreams aren't coming true. And so over the next eight to 10 weeks, I'm going to ask you to lean in. I'm going to ask you to be a part. I'm going to ask you to, to, to take everything in that you can, uh, because when those dreams don't work out, I believe there's a way we can process it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to, have to talk, talk about how to reconnect to a dream. We're also going to talk uh, through uh, some of the dream killers that come in our life and how we can overcome them, them biblically. And so I want you to get ready uh, for an incredible time as we go on this journey together. And I want to share with you now this passage, 2 Kings chapter 4, one that has spoke to me uh, many years ago, and one that I continue to go back to uh, to remind me how to process these moments uh, when dreams don't work out the way we thought they were or when we thought the dream died, how do we dream again? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, a couple of things, let me just set it up for you real quick. Uh, you're going to hear about a couple of different characters in here. One of the central characters of this passage and really uh, of the book of Kings is a guy named Elisha. Elisha is an Old Testament prophet, and here's some things you need to understand about Old Testament prophets is they weren't just the guy that heard from God and brought a word to what we know now as the children of Israel. They weren't just a, a direct channel of that. They were so much more than that. Uh, these Old Testament prophets were really a, a typology of the presence of God that we would experience today and that we would read about in the New Testament. Okay, so when a, when a prophet showed up, he wasn't just carrying a message. He was actually carrying a mantle or the presence of God on him. As a matter of fact, Elisha's name itself means God is our Savior, our God's Savior. That's what his name means. And so here he's going to be on the scene. Uh, another uh, uh, person that's going to be on the scene is this uh, Shunammite woman. And she has no specific name. She's just known as a woman from Shunam. All right. And so the Bible references her, and what we're going to see about her is, is that something had, had become dormant in her, something had died in her, and uh, because she continues to connect with God, all of a sudden God begins to awaken a dream inside of her, and we're going to be camping out here over the next 8 to 10 weeks and kind of platforming off of this passage. Uh, another character you'll see in her is her husband, uh, briefly mentioned, uh, but one big central uh, person in this story as well is the Shunammite's son. Um, When we read in this passage, when we jump in, we don't know if she's had daughters, but we know for sure the Bible makes it clear that she hasn't had a son. And why this is so important to the story is because uh, back in the Bible times, in these times, if you didn't have a son, you had no one to carry on your lineage. You had no one to carry on your heritage. And so if you had a daughter, that was one thing, but if you had a son, that means not only would the name continue on, but the legacy would continue on, that, that as a woman, you would have someone then that would take care of you when your husband was no longer there. And so it was a deep desire of all women of that time to at least have one son to continue to carry this thing on. And so we're going to see him in this passage and what he represents. And really what he represents, I believe, is, is for all of us today, is that there is something that maybe is dormant and dead in us. But God wants to resurrect it so that you continue to dream about your future and you continue to move forward with the great things that God has for you. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 8, and it reads, One day, Elisha went to Shunem. A prominent woman who lived there persuaded him to eat some food. So whenever he passed by, he stopped there to eat. Now, I just want to make note of this. The Bible says a prominent woman. Some translations might say great or notable woman. As you study out this passage, what you'll understand is that she was a woman of wealth, all right? She had some finances. But that's not the main reason why the Bible points out that she was a prominent woman. I believe the main reason why the Bible points out that she's a prominent woman is because of what she did with what she had. We're going to see that in just a moment. Not only what she did with what she had, but she was also a woman of great character, which made her a prominent woman. We know this because in just a minute we're going to see that when the man of God comes, she immediately recognizes it's a man of God. She knows because she's given herself to this. So she's not just prominent because she has finances. She's prominent because she does something significant with what she has, but also because of her her character. Verse 9. Then she said to her husband, I know that the one who passes by here is a holy man of God. So let us make a small room upstairs and and put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp there for him. Whenever he comes, he can stay there. In other words, she's not happy just with what they were doing. She wanted more, she wanted to do more, but not only that, she wanted to have the presence of God more. Verse 11, one day he came there and stopped and went to the room upstairs to lie down. He ordered his attendant Gehazi, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her and she stood before him. Then he said to Gehazi, say to her, look, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can we do for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I'm living among my own people. In other words, she's just like, I'm good. I'm maintaining where I'm at, and I'm fine with maintaining. I don't need anything else. Uh, I'm fine. Are you with me this morning? So he asked, then, what should be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son, and her husband is old. In other words, she had no one to carry on the heritage or the lineage, and it looks like it's not going to happen because her husband, he ain't Just the way it is, people. Verse 15, call her, Elisha said to Gehazi. So Gehazi called her, and she stood in the doorway. And Elisha said, at this time next year, you will have a son in your arms. Now listen to her response, because it's very telling and really helps paint the picture. Then she said, no, my lord, man of God, do not deceive your servant. Go back to the la- those, those other verses we read. I am good, I'm fine, I dwell amongst my own people. I don't need anything else. I'm, I'm maintaining with where I'm at. But now, something happens. What happens? A dream that has been dead, that she has written off, that she has been content just maintaining, is now spoken to And she is like, no. No, don't lie to me, don't, don't share that thing with me. I've come to a place where I'm just fine. I had that dream at one point in my life, that dream is dead, it's over, my husband, he's old, it ain't gonna happen, I'm good. Don't, 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 don't speak that, to, no, don't lie, you see it in her, in her reply. She's come to this place, I'm good, I'm, I'm maintaining. But, but don't speak that dream. I had that dream at one point. That dream's over, there's no hope. Verse 17. The woman conceived and gave birth to a son at the same time the following year as Elisha had promised her. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would speak to us. God, you would cause this word to come alive. And, Lord, I pray as we start out this series today, it would be so much more than a series. God, I pray that you would speak to the places in our life where something has become dormant, something has become dead. That dream that we once had, that we have now written off, God, we don't believe it's going to happen. I pray you begin to speak to that place this morning. God, I pray for those that have dreams of starting businesses and it's died, Lord, resurrect that Today. Lord, I pray for those, God, that you are calling to ministry and, and Lord to have a place in ministry. And, and maybe they were hurt at another place, and so they've put that aside. I pray you would resurrect that today. God, for those that are contending for a marriage that seems to be over, I pray that you would resurrect those marriages today. God, for those that are sitting here, that are single, that are that are in that place of saying, I want that in my life. I want to be married. God, I pray they would hold on and that you would bring incredible things to pass in 2018. God, let your kingdom come that your will be done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you guys, when you were younger, um, and this goes for boys and girls, all right? This is not just a boy thing. I know this because I have two daughters, and I got a great story about one of my daughters climbing a tree that I will spare her the embarrassment and not share it with you this morning. Instead, I'll share with you my story. How many of you guys, when you were little, you liked to climb things? Go on, anybody, this is boys and girls, right? You just like to climb things. Well, I was no different. I was young, and I loved to climb things. And uh, when I was real young, we lived in uh, Idaho, tons of trees. We moved from Idaho to Washington State to the great northwest where there are tons of trees. And so we would, me and my brother, uh, he's about two and a half years older than me, we would do it every young kid would do, go out in the woods, we'd climb trees, because that's just what you did, right? But I'll never forget when I was real young, um, I had my first encounter uh, with the wind being knocked out of me. And it just so happened I was climbing a tree and, and I was up in this tree and my brother was a little bit old, he was ahead of me, so maybe I was trying to move too fast to stay up with him and catch up with him. But I remember slipping out of the tree and falling, right? And I fell and I hit that ground and something happened to me I'd never felt before. How many of you guys remember, have you guys ever had the wind knocked out of you? Okay, if not, it's a horrible experience, right? And I just remember, I'm like, I hit the ground I'm like, right? And honestly, when you get the wind knocked out of you for the first time, you think you're going to die. And that is not me being a trauma queen. That is real, right? Even when it happens the second time, it's like, right? And I never, I never, I hit that thing. and And as I'm dying, come on, somebody. As I'm laying there dying, my brother comes down the tree real quick, and he's looking at me. And he's like, are you okay? And so as I'm laying there with the wind knocked out of me dying, I'm looking at my brother, and the only thought that comes in my mind is like, I don't want him to do CPR on me, right? I don't want his nasty mouth going on my mouth. Somebody with me, right? And so now I'm pleading with God that I won't die, you know? The wind is gone. I'm thinking to myself, don't you touch me if I die, right? Painful experience. And I'll never forget that after that, man, I didn't climb trees for a little while, right? And even like when I started having kids, I was like, don't climb the tree, right? You have these horrible memories, and I I mean, I had, I I, like stayed away from trees. As a matter of fact, we had a big wood stove that we'd burn wood in, and when my dad would bring in wood to burn it, I'd be like, die, tree, die, right? I was like, getting revenge, take that, right? But here's the thing, the tree isn't what knocked the wind out of me. It was the impact on the ground, come on somebody. The tree had nothing, but yet I stayed away from trees because in my mind it was the tree's fault. You know what? our spiritual journey sometimes is like that? we got dreams and we got ambitions and we got things that man we're going to do this and we're going to do that and all of a sudden things don't work out the way we thought they were going to work out or or maybe the dream dies or maybe whatever we're believing for contending for didn't happen but rather than saying this was the circumstance we begin to point our finger at god and we begin to blame god but you know what god wasn't the one god is the dream giver god is the dream fulfiller god is the one that breathes life on dreams and if one dream dies guess what he can resurrect it i know that i've read scripture i've seen it he can resurrect it but too often times in our journey we find ourselves not only stop dreaming but we find ourselves pointing the finger at god and blaming god for the reason the dream didn't work out but it's not god And I want you to hear this and I want you to know this, you got to hear this. That in those moments, you may have stopped believing for your dream, but never stopped believing in the one who gives them. You may have stopped, but it happens to all of us. And maybe it's momentary. It's happened to me as a pastor in this dream of starting a church. You know, we're gonna be celebrating five years as Canvas Church at the end of this month. That is awesome. A lot of you don't know the story before that story and how we had started another church and yet because of an arson, we lost everything. And so we had to talk about having the wind knocked out of you, right? And even in those moments as a pastor, I'm like, what up God? I wanted to quit. I wanted to throw in the towel. There was a, I was praying prayers like this: God, thank you for burning down the church. Find me another career. Here's what happens. Too often, time what happens is is when we have the wind knocked out of our dream or out of us in life and in our spiritual growth, we begin to put up walls. Now, not 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 maliciously. Right? We don't, we don't build these walls maliciously. What we do is we build them for safety. Because here's the thing. Our hurt typically doesn't just come, materialize out of the air. Our pain usually comes to a circumstance or an individual. And so what happens is, is we put up a wall to protect ourselves because that was painful. Like for me, like I'm, I'm not climbing trees anymore. I'm building fences around every tree. Right? We, we do that to protect ourselves. And so all of a sudden, a relational wound comes and, and knocks the wind out of us. Maybe it's even in a marriage. What happens? You put up a wall. Or maybe it's even in singleness and you start dating, and, and all of a sudden, someone hurts you. You put up a wall. And then we put up another to protect us, mind you. And we put up these walls. And here's the thing I talked to some of the single people. Where are the single people out again? Oh, the single. I was only dudes. Come on. all oh, the high schoolers. Like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, yeah, you stay single until you're 30, all right? <laughs> matter of fact, they were the only ones, all of their hands shot up, they're like... Let's just talk to some of the single people. What happens too often times is we build those walls, and if we're not careful when all of a sudden a relationship does start, we, we bring them around the wall. And all of a sudden now that thing begins to grow, we get married, guess what As We bring our walls into our marriage. That's why pre- biblical premarital counseling is a great thing to have. But we bring that in and all of a sudden we're having difficulty in things in our marriage. Why? Because we brought these walls in. Well, what do you mean by walls? Well, well, this happened in this relationship and so now what happens is, is a relationship starts but now this new relationship I'm looking at through the lens of this past one. And so now I'm putting stuff on this person that actually, is somebody getting something out of this this morning? I'm putting something on this person that actually isn't on them but because the way I view it through this last pain, this last hurt. It, it not only happens really. it happens when people come over from a church to another church. And what happens is, is um, let's, let's be honest, uh, there's only a, a couple of reasons why people leave churches. No one's leaving a church because, oh, my church is so awesome, I'm going to leave. Right? I mean, they move to a new area. Yeah, you need a new church. But let's be honest, the majority of why people leave churches is because there's some pain there's some hurt now outside of the Holy Spirit speaking to you you say hey this is where you need to be but if we we talk if I just talk real can I talk real there's some pain there what happens is we bring that wall in with us and so therefore we never plug into ministry we never serve we never we never start giving of our finances We, we we just stay at a distance and like the seats are comfortable I love the smell of popcorn music's good preacher you're funny sometimes stay. But don't, don't, don't mess with that wall. And here's the thing. What you have put up to protect yourself is actually keeping you back from the incredible things that God has for you. You build up this wall to protect yourself, but it's actually holding you back from dreaming of the great things that God wants to do in and through your life. And what happens in those moments is you slip into maintenance mode. I'm just going to maintain i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna be here i'm gonna show up man my and here we do it in every area of our life we we just maintain we maintain in our, our our dreams we maintain in our our business we maintain in our our marriage one thing i've learned after 20 years of marriage is i have a good marriage and you know what i could settle with a good marriage and just maintain this good marriage and one day stand before God and say, I had a good marriage. Or I could say, you know what? Man, I want to dream bigger dreams for my marriage. I want to see greater things happen in my marriage. I I believe that for this church. I don't want our church just to maintain. It's quiet in this Pentecostal church. I don't want to just maintain. I don't want to just see, okay, yeah, it's pretty good up to the tarps, awesome. No, there are people that need to know Jesus Christ. Some of them are your friends, your loved ones, your relatives, your your co-workers, your your students that you sit next to at class. Man, I wanna see Canvas Church, I don't wanna just maintain. Listen, the, the, the day that I as your pastor say, hey, we're good, you better get yourself a new pastor. Are we just gonna maintain this thing? No, God wants us to dream big dreams. God wants us to obtain some awesome things. Are you with me this morning? God wants to pull us out of maintain mode in 2018, and he wants to take us into dream mode. You might be sitting here right now, maybe there's a dream that's dead, maybe there's one that's dormant, maybe even me talking about it is creating a, creating a little of uneasiness and unrest, and pain inside of you. That's the area I wanna speak to. That's the area that God wants to speak to, and he wants to breathe life on, and he wants to take you out of maintain mode into dream mode. This is not just for young. Come on, this is for everybody sitting here right now. As long as you're alive, sucking oxygen on this earth, God God has a plan for you, and it is a great plan, it is a big plan, and he wants you to dream again. I believe that, it's time to dream again. And here in this passage, this is a painful moment for this woman. We read it this morning, this, this creates, she was fine, she said it, they touched on the surface level. Hey, can we, can we you know, present you before the king and get some armies for you? They just touched on the surface level. No, I'm fine. I'm good. Well, it's got to be something that can be done. And it's brought to the attention of Elisha. She don't have a son. (sighs) Calls her over. Hey, guess what? You are going to have a son. No. Don't go there. Don't go there. That's too painful. I've had that dream. I've held on to that thing for a long time, but I've, I've, come to, I've come to maintain. See, there's some of you in here just maintaining because it's too painful when we start to talk about the deeper dreams. Somebody with me this morning? But I love what this woman does, and this is one of the great things I learned from her in this story. If we're gonna dream again, and I'll just, I'll just tell you right now, we're not gonna make it through all of this. The first service, we made it through the first point because it's that good of a message. We're going to dream again. Number one, we got to stay connected, stay connected with God. This is what I love about this woman. Although she had come to a place where she was no longer contending for that dream, believing for that dream, she never stopped connecting with the dream giver. She stayed connected. We see it in scripture. She, she knew enough of, 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 of the word, she was around the, the temple enough, learning enough, growing enough that when the, the prophet passes by, she can immediately know, hey, this is, this is a holy man of God. He's got something going on. There's, there's something on him. And so, you know what, well, let's just invite him into our house and feed him. The Bible says they did that. But then there was something growing inside of her that she wasn't just content with, with he comes and gets fed every once in a while. And I love this part because she goes and she looks at her resources and she says, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to go to my husband. And she goes to her husband hey, husband, can we go and build an upper room for him and then let's fill it with some furniture? He's like, yeah, let's do that. And they do it. She stayed connected. And I want you to know something. You might have crossed the threshold into this new year. There might have been some stuff last year or maybe many years before that. And there's some dormant, there's some dead, there's some stuff that just isn't, you haven't seen come to pass. I believe that in 2018, God is speaking to that. God is speaking to that. But you gotta stay connected. Stay connected. Don't, you might have given up on that thing, but don't give up on the dream giver. Stay connected. Stay connected. The Bible makes it very clear. She stayed connected. How, how, do, how do I stay connected, pastor? I, I mean, I'm, I'm in a church. Yes. Yes. This is a great way to stay connected. Come to church. If that's all you can do, if all week long that's the only thing you can do, then do it. That's a great place to start. Get yourself to church for an hour and a half. Depends how long pastor goes. That's usually because worship went too long. Or the transition guy. So an hour and 45, right? the drive time, 50, okay, so just, just block out two and a half hours of your life on a Sunday, right? This is a great way to connect. I mean, the Bible talks about don't forsake the gathering of believers together. And You're like, I'm not a believer yet. Well, you're in the right place. This is a great place to start. And stay connected. You mean I can stay connected with God just by coming to church? Absolutely, how do I know it? The Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in his name, He's there. So you just show up, because there's more two or three that are gathered together in his name today. I'm one of them. Pastor Steve, do I have any other take? I just need one more. Come on. Right? He's here. Right? You just showing up. Man, God's here. Yeah, you can connect with him. Right here. That's a great way to stay connected with God, just showing up to church. Here's another way. Today we're launching 21 days of prayer and fasting. And how, if you have never jumped into a time of prayer and fasting, sorry, this isn't in the notes. It's just free okay if you've never jumped into prayer and fasting try it it'll transform your life it will and it's not because oh i gave this to god so now god has to give something to me no no he's he's a good heavenly father even if you give him nothing he gives he's so good what happens is is you're silencing all the outside voices So so take some time as a family or as an individual so when it's, time to, when it's time to cook your breakfast, don't have breakfast. Grab water or go to Jamba Juice. Fasting made easy. Right? Someone asked me the other day, Pastor, do acai bowls work? Sounds good to me. Just take some time and just pray. Lunch rolls around, man, just skip lunch and pray. And watch and see what God, man. I would encourage you, just try it. Man, if you have fasted before, do it again and see what God does in your life. Connect with Him. Connect with Him. Man, connect with Him in community, launching small groups today. Now, what we do on Sunday morning, man, I love this. I love the gathering together and I love how we get to jive into scripture. But can I just say this, man? One of the greatest things you could do as a part of a biblical community is dive into a small group because there you build relationship. I believe that the majority of all life transformation takes place in a group of like-minded people. Jump into a small group, find one today. Find one today. Stay connected, stay connected. Or how about this? How about serving? Ministry team. uh, To me, there's no greater place to connect and stay connected than in a ministry team. Come on, you saw Jeff's advertisement up there, right? You can do worship? Come on, how many of you guys want to see Christy on the banjo next week? Did you hear her ripping it up? And that, that was amazing. Yeah. If we don't see you up there next week with a banjo, we're going to be disappointed. But what's your area? Man, maybe, maybe you heard me talking about the creatives group. And you're like, I like creative stuff. If you can like do stuff on a website, now we need you. If you can create images, we need you. You can do stuff with video, come on. You can paint, awesome. Right? If you can sing, go with Jeff. All right. get plugged in serve somewhere be on the ministry team these are great ways listen this woman stayed connected because she stayed connected now watch this i want you to hear this because i believe if all of us as a community whether it's our first sunday here whether we come coming here for a while man the first service tons of people here's the thing i believe if all of us just brought what god has gifted us with and we brought it together and laid it at his feet and we built canvas together man, we could reach thousands of people in san diego for his kingdom i believe that we're going to talk more about that as we get into this but i want you to see something because i don't want to miss this point this is the this is where everything starts to change in the story It wasn't that she just stayed connected in prayer. She stayed connected in the word. Look at what she does. The Bible says she looks at her resources, her finances, and she says, let's build something for him. The greatest way that you can connect and stay connected is through giving of your finances. Ooh, it got quiet. Oh, I got one amen. Wow. First service, it was like, Sure. But he's like, Pastor, let's talk about serving again. Don't talk about my money. Look at what happens. This is where you can't deny that in the story that the pivotal point was when she took what she owned and she had and she possessed and she said, I'm going to give that. I'm going to connect that. And this is where the story turns. He had been coming by, he had been eating. But it was when she all of a sudden says, I'm going to tie my heart to this thing. Because listen to me, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And listen to me. I've had people try to tell me before, well, it's not really talking about financial treasure. Yes, it is. What other treasure is it talking about? No, trust me. I've studied it. I've looked at it. It is talking about financial means. And where your financial means is tied to, there your heart is Also. It is one of the greatest connection points that we have when we begin to give we begin to we, be, we begin to find somebody in the, uh, the, the 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 congregation that's in need and all of a sudden we go and we we help them out without anybody even knowing we begin to we begin to step out we begin to tithe or steve pastor steve talked about we begin to give offerings how does that, why does it work i don't know it's a biblical principle we see it right here and it's one of those principles that oftentimes we shy away from because it gets really quiet and everybody's like look you can talk a lot a lot of things but don't talk about my money see there's the problem you think it's your money it's not your money it's his money the bible makes it very clear that he gives you the power to get wealth he gave you the ability to work my lord it's 11 41. is that clock right how I many guys give me 10 more minutes? Anybody give me 10 more minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. All right. We, good. we got 80 more minutes. I still fall for it every time, man. Something supernatural happens when you begin to say, you know what, I'm going to tie my finances to this. Why do I need to stay connected with God? Can I just, I'll just close right here. Here's why you need to stay connected with God. You need to stay connected with God because dreams are the language of God. Dreams are the language of God. God does not live inside of the same realm and possibilities that we do. The Bible says that with God, all things are possible. Matter of fact, with God, to do nothing is impossible. He can't just do nothing. With God, man, he lives outside of a completely different realm than you and I do. And that's why through scripture, he invites us into that realm when he says, hey, church, hey, Christian, hey, believer, don't walk according to your natural eyesight. I want you to walk by faith not by sight and the thing is 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 we, we too oftentimes, we we begin to walk by what we can see we begin to walk in that and, and all of a sudden our experiences and and what we know to be true and what we've experienced to be true but god is calling us out of that because god's language is dreams he's saying hey i want to call you up higher i want you to call you i want to call you into a new realm Listen listen to this verse. I'll prove it to you. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says this. It says, and it will be in the last days, says God. What's the last days? The last days has has been ever since Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. In the book of Acts, it talks about it. The last days have started. Listen to what it says. And in the last days, I love this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity, That's us. We're humans. Ding, 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 ding. He's going to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Every single one of those is something that we see in our mind or in our spirit, our heart, but yet we haven't seen out here yet. It's something that hasn't materialized yet. It's something that hasn't come to pass yet. And God begins to speak it, and God begins to show it to us. And without that thing, man, it's, it's, it's we just kind of run aimlessly. God wants to speak to you again. Dreams are the language of God. Stay connected with him. Continue to hear his voice. Continue to get the dream. Last I'll end with this. Why stay connected? Dreams are the language of God, but listen to this dreams are the target for your faith. Dreams are the target for your faith. Dreams give you something for your faith to aim at. As a matter of fact, I believe this without the dream, faith has nothing to connect to. Let me read it to you Hebrews 11 1. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for the proof of what is not seen it is the target it is what our faith is supposed to connect with so when he says hey guys walk by faith not by sight he's saying hey forget the natural sight your emotion those experiences that you keep no no i want you to look at the dream i'm giving you and there's where faith is going to connect that's the target that's where you're to shoot for that's what you're to aim for without that dream there is nothing to connect to one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, she has a she has a, a bow and it's a compound bow and she is good at a thing. I told her she needs to start carrying that in her car. Because she's getting at the age where boys are starting to look at her and be like, mm, she's cute. I'm like, you better watch out. The bow is hard to conceal in the car, but it still works. So she has this bow. She has these arrows. Remember, she came to me, she goes, Dad, I got this, but I need, I need a Target. So, I went to Target, no pun intended, to buy her a Target. One of the sporting sex at Target, found a Target, got her a couple of bales of hay, put that Target there. Because without the Target, you're just like... Right? You're just shooting arrows to nowhere. That can be dangerous because we have neighbors. You like those sound effects? But as soon as I got that target for her, she was like, She's gonna try it out for the Hunger Games. It's good, man. She's good. But now her heir has something to connect with. You know, without that dream, without that target, here's how we live our faith life. We're just shooting just. Life's just kind of pointless. I love Jesus. Matter of fact, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says this in Proverbs 29:18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. Let me read it again. You got to catch this. Because some of you are just. the Bible says you you, you're you're you're, honestly you're living life carelessly you're stumbling all over yourself if people can't see what God is doing they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals they are most blessed when God begins to speak, when God begins to reveal, when God begins to give that dream, it now gives my, my faith something to connect with. And I'm not just living aimlessly. I'm not just living frivolously. No, 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 I'm connecting with what God has spoken. And in 2018, I believe God is saying, dream again. Dream again for your ministry. Dream again for your business. Dream again for your marriage. Dream again for this church. Dream again and watch and see what God does. Your best days are ahead of you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and as you begin to dream and you'll begin to walk by faith and not by sight God we thank you for your word God we thank you that your word is awesome God your word is true and I thank you God what we could learn God from a, a woman from shun'em God that we can learn that even when things don't look the way we thought they would look when things don't turn out the way we thought they would turn out when dreams are dead as long as we stay connected with you there is resurrection life so lord today i pray for every person here i pray for every person in this service god i pray that that the resurrection of their dream would come to pass i pray for those where it's gone dormant they've written it off god would you speak to that place oh god that dream that has truly died I pray, God, you begin to birth something new and something fresh and something worth connecting with in their life. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.